0: My thanks to everyone for your recent reviews on iTunes to Ragazza08. Thank you so much for your kind words. And I'm so glad that the podcast is helping you with your Thursday commutes. If you would like to chime in with a review, please do so. I would so appreciate it. It helps spread the word about the podcast. Your review and your rating helps me tremendously in the work that I'm trying to do, reaching out to to professionals who, like you, would like to build resilient careers. If you're not sure how to do it, you can go to secondbreaks.com forward slash review and that link will give you the step-by-step.
1: Change careers, break into new industries, transition into new roles, reinvent yourself and make the dent you want. This is the Second Breaks podcast. And now here's your host and fellow Second Breaker, Lou Blazer.
0: Hello, my friend. Thank you so much for joining me today. This is episode 49 of the Second Breaks podcast, and it is Wednesday, May 9th, 2018, as I record this episode. I am joined today by talent and people consultant Alison Lockett. Alison works with Talent. That's T-E-L-L-E-N-T. Uh, talent is a company that helps smart professional women find flexible work opportunities.
1: I'm a big believer in um your career and your work as a way to access your potential as a human being. Like, I'm all about, you know, using this immense amount of time that we invest in our work to benefit us as people. Um, And I think that in turn benefits the world when all of us are using the gifts that we have and developing ourselves and feeling good doing it. I think then the work is great. The outcomes are great. So my background is in the talent and people space. I have been consulting on topics all the way from compensation, talent management, um, recruiting for the last 10 years. And Recently, I've been doing some work with an amazing company called Talent, uh, among other things, and Talent is a community of professional women seeking flexible work, and that's where I have been facilitating an accountability group, um, which we'll be speaking about today.
0: Now, I invited Alison to the show because I wanted to explore the topic of accountability and specifically accountability partners or accountability groups. Now You may have heard these phrases before. The concept of joining accountability groups or having an accountability partner is common in the digital entrepreneurship world especially, but not so much in the traditional workplace. Or at least it wasn't something that I came in contact with um, in my many years in corporate America. Sure, setting goals and regularly sitting down with your boss or your manager to talk about your progress on those goals That's standard practice. But the idea of working your goals with a colleague or, you know, having regular peer-based accountability discussions, those things are not that common, right? Having now participated in a few of these groups, I've seen firsthand the benefits of peer-based or peer-led accountability conversations. But it's not for everybody. There is definitely an art to forming an accountability group. And there's also a process for, you know, stimulating effective accountability conversations that help the participants move forward with their individual goals. As Allison mentions in our chat, this is not about pressure. Rather, it's about creating the infrastructure that supports you as you work on your goals. In this episode, we're covering the basics, Allison sheds light on what an accountability group is and isn't, the benefits of participating in one, what makes for good accountability partners, and how you might go about setting an accountability group for yourself. You're listening to The Second Breaks Podcast, a weekly show that explores all the ways that we can make a move and thrive in today's fast-changing world. This podcast is brought to you by Second Breaks, a career education company that teaches professionals how to build resilient careers in this new economy. Visit secondbreaks.com to learn more about how we can support your goals. The show notes for today's episode can be found at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 49. You'll also find there the link to the second webinar in the Future of Work series. In this webinar, we will talk about the key, the secret key to being always marketable, your unique edge. We will cover why defining your unique edge is super important in today's work landscape. Whether you're employed or self-employed, what comprises your unique edge and how to define yours. The webinar will be held on May 24th, and you want to register so that even if you can't attend live, you can at least watch the replay. You can find the link to register together with the show notes for this episode again at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 49. Okay, so let's get on with the show.
1: So in its simplest form, an accountability partner or an accountability group is a place to go to get your goals achieved. It's a place to come back to on a consistent basis and check in and report to the person or the group on what it is that you're getting done in order to get what you want to get done done over time. Right, sound like a Doctor Seuss book. Um, what we can gain from it, I think, is a little bit of. I don't want to use the word pressure because I don't really like that word, but it's it's that check in. You're building an infrastructure in order for you to be accountable for your goals, so that all of the all of the achievement of the little and we, and I love to break goals down into like a little tiny, tiny micro goals. So all the achievement of all of those little goals, it's not up to you to continuously kind of be there to check in and keep you keep you um, moving. It's almost like you outsource that. It's almost like the in, at the beginning you build the infrastructure and you're like, OK, I'm going to check in this number of times. It's like a plan, a detailed plan. And then I'm going to come back and then it's just it's just going to run. It's just going to continue. So if you wanted to join a group for a three-month basis, then you would decide, you know, what is it that I want to have when I come out of this three months from now? And then you'd work backwards and you would work through your milestones. You would do a plan. And then it's almost like all you have, like you can stop thinking about um, the what at that point and the whether it's going to happen. And you can just put your head down and focus on executing it.
0: Gotcha. Now, you mentioned there a little bit that you didn't want to use the word pressure uh, because that's not the point of it. So maybe that's a good way to lead into the next thing that I want to ask you about is that, you know, what what are the misconceptions that people have about having an accountability partner or an accountability group? Or, you know, what is it not? So I think that's a great
1: question. Thank you for asking that. Because And I think this runs into a lot of the um, work that we do when we want to invest in ourselves. Um, So whether it's coaching or being part of an accountability group or getting an accountability partner or whatever it is that you're doing. At the end of the day, the work is yours to do. So this is not. It's not like we check this box and then we've developed as a human or we've had our, you know, achieved our goal. We still need to go back and do the work. And I think that people just need to get their heads around that. I mean, like the reason that you would want to get involved with um some type of external accountability is because you're serious about achieving your goals, um, but you're not sure if you're going to um you know, quite have the discipline, or the, or make the time um, to do it on your own, and you want you want some accountability there. I think also you're going to get cheerleaders, right? It's almost it's almost like it's the opposite of um, you know. There's an aspect of okay, we have the call today, and we're all going to show up, and we're all going to take a turn telling what we achieved since last time, and if if the answer if your your turn is literally silence then like, you know, most people want to avoid that, right? So you want to have an update to provide. But even if it's a small update or if it is silence one time, like you're going to get, um, at least in the group that I'm facilitating, you're going to get a lot of positive energy coming at you. And, you know, let's figure out where the roadblock is and figure out how to move it forward. So it's, it's that um,
0: support Just as you were describing that, it just hit me why maybe in corporate America or in a corporate setting, maybe the reason why I didn't hear, I don't know what your experience was or is, but maybe the reason I didn't hear about it is because... The boss, in effect, acts as your accountability partner because it's the boss. you sit down with the boss, whether it's quarterly, whether it's every six months or once a year um, to look at what you've how far you've come right with respect to your goals and so I think people in corporate setting associate that sort of conversation as that dreaded conversation that you have with the boss and every so often you get a cheerleader of a boss but sometimes you don't or often you don't and so yeah so I just realized that that's probably that's another reason why you might want to seek an accountability partner or, or an accountability group outside of your boss setting or your you know relationship with with your supervisors and stuff like that. Now, you may be listening to this and you may be thinking, you know, these kinds of conversations, you know, conversations about your goals, your plans to pursue your goals, and then the actual results of your actions or inaction, right? These can be very vulnerable conversations, at the very least personal conversations. And so you want to be, as much as you can, be deliberate about the people that you're going to be having these conversations with. And also, you want to think about yourself, whether you... Or you could be a good accountability partner for someone. And so I asked Alison whether in her experience, if there are certain sort of personality types or certain kinds of people who might be good accountability partners or may be good participants of an accountability group. She mentions the Myers-Briggs Type Indicator or MBTI, which interestingly was the subject of uh, the podcast episode last week. With Alicia Fitzpatrick, episode forty-eight, where we talked about MBTI's in depth.
1: It's funny. What comes to mind is feelers and also um, extroversion, because I think there's something about you know working on working towards goals um, that maybe aren't in your corporate job, you know, like, let's say you have a corporate job, and you have your goals that are in that job, or I mean, for your listeners, they may be looking to pivot, they may be looking to work for themselves, or they may be looking for a different type of work in a company of some kind, but maybe they're feeling like for the reasons you described, their sort of work goals, you know, like we're gonna cut costs by this much this quarter, or whatever it is, are well laid out, and they have a boss who's kind of watching, but let's say they have some personal goals or some other development, like they want to start writing, for example, or they want to start a little side hustle of some kind. I think that can be really lonely and that can sometimes turn people off. Um, So I think particularly if you, if you like being around people and if you like bouncing your ideas off of other people, I think uh, just surrounding yourself with like-minded people who are going to support you, who are going to listen to your ideas and give you feedback on them is really, really valuable.
0: If you are then looking for, so say an individual listening who is saying, okay, well, I, I hear, I get the idea. What might he or she look for in an accountability partner? Is it, for example, is it important that the other person is a friend or is it important that the other person is also doing similar things? So kind of what would you suggest that another person might look for? There are sort of two different camps.
1: And I think depending on who you are and also realistically what's available to you, um, you could fit into either one. One is where either the partner or the group everyone involved is moving towards the same thing. So this is another person who's doing um, work that's similar to to what you're doing and you're trying to achieve your goals together so that if somebody does some research and learns something about the industry that you're both trying to break into, then they can share that back and that can be really helpful. Then I think there's a flip side, which I also think has a lot of value, which is a diverse group. And we know there have been tons of studies showing that diversity in a group hugely increases the effectiveness of the group because people are bringing different views and different experiences into the group. And so I think there's a lot of value there too, where the only thing that you really need in common with the person or group that you're working with in an accountability setting is that everyone wants to be accountable and they know what they want to be accountable for. So, I, And I think that's a really important um, thing to set up at the beginning is, can we all agree on the goal that each of us is working towards? Um, because if you don't have clarity on that, then, I mean, how, how can you proceed and make a plan and start to um, execute on your plan, right? So you need to know what goal you're after. You know, when we most recently ran our accountability group with talent, we were looking for women who were in career transition and that felt reasonably specific to me, you know, like these are women in career transition. So of course we're going to be able to, you know, all use the same or similar roadmap as we execute this. Not so. Career transition means different things to everybody right? It's actually a huge statement to be in career transitions. What we discovered very quickly was that, okay, this is not about giving a roadmap to a group of people and then like holding them accountable for executing the roadmap. No, the first step is for everybody to figure out their roadmap. We're going to establish what it is that we're trying to achieve. One person might be figuring out their next paid gig. One person might be figuring out whether they want a paid gig. One person might be figuring out, you know, how to completely leapfrog into a different space. So having those different goals, I think, is defined is really important. But if all the goals are different, I think the group can still work or the partnership can still work. And, and there's another little element to that, which is that there's no competition.
0: Yes, that is true. And I love the way that you phrase that, too, because... For example, I had this original idea that if I am doing X then I only want to hear about stories of people who are doing X. But as I began to expand my horizons a little bit, that is actually I realized that like looking at what people are doing in different industries are actually also very useful to me and sometimes it gets me out of my own weed, you know, it gets us out of the weed kind of thinking and you you uh, you start having more I know it's a, a cliche thing, but out of the box thinking or innovative way of looking at your situation, right? So excellent. Let's talk a little bit about structure of these conversations. Uh, I've been personally been involved with a few of accountability groups type stuff. Um, some of them are structured. One or two of them are structured and one of two, two of them are very loosey goosey. <laughs> And I personally have like a preference, but what is your perspective in terms of, a, uh, you know, the structure versus lose debate?
1: Yeah, it is a debate, and it's it's so unique to different people. You know, coming back to personality type and what sort of environments different people thrive in, you know, some people find structure really confining, and it stresses them out. And other people find lack of structure, they have the same response, where they just can't, you know, operate unless there's a clear, more clarity around what they're doing. So I think it's very personal. My preference um, from where I sit is to have some degree of structure around the group where, and I've kind of alluded to this, I think to have a set timeline, at least off the top, is a really nice way to make people comfortable with a commitment. So let's say you are thinking about forming an accountability group with two of your friends, you know, or friendly business contacts. It's a lot. It's kind of like that notorious will you be my mentor conversation that that has just been talked about so much that can just be so loaded and difficult to both ask and receive. I think I think it, it just it feels open-ended and it feels really big, so I think The more that we can just put some boundaries around it, like, listen, I'm thinking about doing this thing. I want to have some accountability for these goals that I'm working on. I think you've got some goals that you're working on, too. What if we got together and agreed on a weekly chat for an hour for the next two months, you know, and then you see how that goes. You establish what it is that you're trying to achieve in the two-month period and kind of how the conversations are going to go. For example, we're going to each spend, we're each going to get 15 minutes. We're going to spend two or five or eight of them explaining where we're at and then the rest feedback from the group on like challenges or ideas. And then we're going to have a timekeeper and move on. I guess what I'm coming to, Lou, is that I'm pretty into structure. (laughs) <laughs> I think we've just discovered that. But maybe depending on the three people, you know, maybe um maybe you don't do that. Or maybe you find that timekeeping is stressful and you have and you want to um literally spend each call focused on one person. It's like this is Lou's turn. We're gonna spend you know, it's a half hour call and we're just going to talk about where Lou's at. And then later in the week, we'll connect with the others or you draw out the time frame every week. You're talking about a different person. So I I like a little bit of structure because I think it allows people to commit without being terrified that this is forever and by all means, it could become forever if it's the most phenomenal thing in your life. But I think I think that really helps to have some boundaries around it for people to jump in and, and go for it.
0: Yeah, I like the I like the, you know, where you were talking about how you invite someone in and that initial ask. I love the fact that you incorporated a time frame because, you know, just saying we can do this for the next two months puts some kind of uh, boundaries around it so that we're not. It's not like we're asking to be married for the rest of our lives or to indefinitely do this, right? And so that's actually a great way of framing that.
1: If you do, if you are going down that road of I want to, you know, invite some friends or friendly contacts or whatever you want to call them, it could also be a group that evolves over time. You know, like maybe somebody doesn't have the time, so they say no and you start off with just another person, but then somebody has another friend who they kind of want to invite in. Like I think these groups, I think it's interesting. There's some work that's been done around how long it takes to establish intimacy in a small group setting. And and there is, there is that. And I think there's, I know I certainly have an, an instinct to protect that, but I think there's a counterbalance. We can also evolve and the group can evolve. And maybe you're going to be involved in a group for the next 15 years with, you know, your best friend and then somebody else who comes in and out. It'll be like a rock band. Some rock bands are like, you
0: know, and this is actually also, um, where maybe the MBTI type or the personalities will have a, uh, some kind of an, uh, impact. Just sharing an experience that I had. I was, uh, one of the accountability groups that I was in in the beginning. Um, we were half, half. So half of us were extroverts, half of us were introverts. And then somehow the, the membership evolved. And so that it turned out to be. All of them were extroverts and I was the only introvert left. And I believe me, it was difficult for me because, you know, as you know, we engage differently. The speed with which we, we jump in is different. And so I had a hard time. And so that's probably one of the other things that you might want to consider if you're, you know, looking to approach people or to form your own little group is the is the dynamic of the group. And maybe that's when a, the structure... Of, is probably good, too, because when there is a, const- a structure, for example, as to, you know, some of your suggestions, we each get 15 minutes, or we each get one call, like, dedicated for each other, then the extrovert introversion, it helps with the extroversion introversion a little bit, because you each have your own sort of time, right?
1: Absolutely, yeah. And um, I think, too, the more structure you're going to have, like, certainly, if you're going to have the 15-minute call, for example, you need you know, at a minimum to have all the members totally bought into that and, you know, holding themselves accountable for keeping within the timeframe and or have a facilitator. And I've heard of people who, um, and I think this is so great, got together as a group, wanted to um, explore their goals and achieve their goals together as a group and do this thing. But it was just chaotic, And they ended up hiring a facilitator to come in. I think it was probably, you know, six to eight women. And it just got really crazy. And they're like, you know what? We want to make this happen. We're willing to make an investment in it. Not a huge investment. You know, we're just going to have somebody come in here and facilitate these (laughs) conversations for us. And it really helped them. Certainly, if you're thinking about going the route of paying to be part of an accountability group, you're going to get more structure and you're going to get a facilitator. And you're going to, you know, in like... In my case, when I facilitate these groups, the mem- my members have access to me, right? So I'm helping them on the side if they need it, or or providing like support and guidance and kind of venue to bounce ideas and things like that. So that's a bit of a different thing than if you're going and and getting together with a couple of friends. You want to. Um, you, somebody probably needs to step up and be the be the leader, and it it, it could mean very different thing. It doesn't need to be. Um, strenuous. You know, you can define what it is, but probably somebody who's kind of um, taking taking the reins a little bit. Like in anything, like in your book club or in your wine club, you know, like, like you need somebody who's kind of um, in the driver's seat.
0: Uh, what about a potentially controversial or, or sort of awkward thing where, you know, the, the balancing of the cheerleader versus the The challenging part. So, for example, if, if somebody, if somebody comes into the meeting, meeting after meeting, and it's always my dog ate my homework kind of thing. And so, therefore, I wasn't able to do anything. And so, I have also seen groups where, you know, somebody would say, well, I want to do XYZ. I want to write a book. I want to do this or whatever it is that they say they want to do. But then week after week, there has been no progress forward. Uh, on their goals because of life happens and so many other things happen and the rest of the other group members just basically jump in and say oh it's okay totally understandable of course and then at the end of the six months she hasn't really got you know moved forward and so I guess how how would you facilitate that sort of the balance between you know supporting and cheerleader and also being the the pushing you know let's let's challenge that a little bit or let's, that kind of stuff. Yeah,
1: I think that's a really great question too. And I think that this is one situation where having somebody a little bit, again, steering can be beneficial because this is the conversation that that person could then have with said delinquent. And I think the conversation is very simple. I think it's, is this really the right time for you to be in this group? You know, I don't think it's, you know, letting us down by not getting your stuff done. I mean, probably the person is not feeling great about not achieving their goals. And it's just very simple. It's like, is this, you know, what's, what's stopping this, this is kind of like what we were talking about earlier, where the work to do is it's the individual's work to do, you know, so I mean, if they don't want to do if they're not ready to do it for whatever reason, or don't have time, then they probably also don't have time to spend a week an hour a week, you know, talking about how they haven't done it. And that's probably making them feel bad. So I think it, it's almost like, it's almost like just making an exit available, not saying we're kicking you out of here, but more just like, listen, if this is not the right time for you, and you want to come join us again, when you're ready, like, that is totally fine. And just letting that happen. I mean, if the person comes back and says, No, I absolutely want to be in this group, then I guess they have some thinking to do about, you know, how they're how they're doing it. I don't know what else the group can really do. I mean, we're all grown-ups here. Like it's, it's so individual getting, actually getting the work done. And I think too, there's, there's an interesting place potentially, you know, in some groups, I think it would be a minority of groups, but in some groups, there might be a place for somebody to, who's like really adding value, but in terms of feedback and ideas for other members of the group, but isn't on their own journey. I mean, so maybe that per- if that person's loving the calls and getting a lot out of it um, and having great ideas for other people, but they're not achieving their own goals, maybe they should be facilitating the group, you know, and take on the leadership and ask good questions, and you know, they could see how that goes. That's a little bit of a crazy idea,
0: but I like that the the reframing of it. Which is what is the value? If if I am that person, for example, uh, what is the value that I'm getting out by being con- by continuing to be part of this accountability group? Because to your point, if I'm coming in every week and just feeling guilty, then it doesn't make sense for me to continue. Why would I want to continue to be feeling bad every week, right? On the other hand, if I'm con- even if I'm not moving forward with my own goal, but I'm getting a lot out of it, it makes sense. And
1: the other thing I would say about that is maybe that person needs to reframe the goal that they're working on. I'll give an example. So in our, um, Accountability group where we work on career transitions. So I had a member who was um, had been out of the workforce for a time, and um, the idea was because there were a few other people on in the group who were in that same boat, and they were all ready to go back to work and hustling and you know putting their resumes together. And we were talking about personal branding, and we were talking about positioning past experience for future opportunities, and all of this stuff, and. She was just kind of dragging her feet on it. And she came to a few calls and said, I feel I'm procrastinating. And this is she's feeling bad about it. And it's like she was actually just dealing with a different goal, which was to figure out whether she was going to be getting going out and wanting to look for paid work or whether she was going to continue on her career break for another Two years, and in the end, that was the discovery that she made. And she made that discovery through basically doing different homework, Whereas, like, okay, no, clearly you don't need to be putting a resume together. That's not you're. Not, we we asked you to do it, you didn't do it. You don't want to do it. It's not the right goal for you. The right goal for you is to you know think about um, what you want the next year of your life to look like, and what you feel ready for think about your finances think about the commitments you have in your family think about how you're feeling every day on a career break there were women on a, on career breaks who were you know dying a little bit inside every day because they really wanted to be working and they were ready um and this woman wasn't one of those women you know she was the only reason the only part of her that was dying a little bit inside was the part feeling guilty about you know not not wanting to not wanting wanting or ready to be back in the paid workforce and that was totally fine she ended up silencing that um voice and that was a huge um hugely positive outcome for her
0: so Allison we've been dancing around this topic for a bit now so can you talk a little bit about talent and also the work that you're doing with them so Talent is this
1: amazing company that uh, a friend of mine started a couple of years ago that is very mission driven. And this is all about creating a community of women who are professionals and they're seeking flexibility in their work. And it's this universal um, you know, challenge that a lot of women face, and men face it too. But in particular, talents, um, kind of in that space, we work with amazing women who have unbelievable, unbelievable experience, and um, they're just really motivated, and they want to be contributing to the world, and working in a way that is flexible and allows them to fit work into their lives. So that's what talent is all about. And as part of that, um, you know, talent's out there working with companies to challenge them to create flexible work opportunities. Our founder, um, Jennifer Hargraves, is a thought leader in this space. Um, It's really exciting, the work that's happening in the community that's building around this. So we decided to strike up an accountability group to um, see if there was an appetite among these women to get together and um, set some goals and go about achieving them. And so that's what we have done. And we are starting up our next group this May actually, and I'm really excited about seeing who we meet. It's it's such a fun way to get to know a group of people in, it. just it at a time in life where you just, it's one of those unique spaces where you just fly in, not literally, um, we're video conferencing to be clear. <laughs> There's no actual flying, but it feels like that. It feels like you're flying in, you know, like four to six um, completely different people who are all looking to have a career transition of some kind? And the exchange of ideas and experiences that you see and the support and the um, honestly distance from starting point to end point that gets covered is really exciting. and it's fun to it's fun to see.
0: Well, Allison, thank you so much for coming over for talking to us about accountability groups and accountability partners and the whole concept really. So, thank you so much. I so appreciate it. Thank you so much for having me. It's been fun.
1: And all the best to your listeners if they're if they're curious about going down this road, just yeah, take a small step. Talk to a friend about getting your goals out in the open and um, working through them together it's a really powerful tool and a fun way to achieve your goals
0: that's it for this week's episode of the second breaks podcast i hope you found it useful you can find the show notes plus links to other relevant resources at secondbreaks.com forward slash episode 49 nine don't forget to sign up for the webinar on may 24th find your unique edge and always be marketable We've got a pretty good backlist of episodes now, so you can download past episodes of this podcast and subscribe so you don't ever have to miss future episodes. You can do that in Apple Podcasts or Google Play. I'll be back next week. Till then, keep on making your debt, my friend. Cool beans.
1: This is the Second Breaks Podcast.